What's up, Cosmetic family? Thank you for joining us on the Cosmetic Podcast. Cosmetic means being a personal thing that gives rise to a phenomenon that is dynamic or energizing. We are tackling topics and telling the truth. I'm Keith Benson. And I'm Rodrigo Ross. So today we have uh, Miss Helene Ware. And this topic today is about it's a small world. I don't think I've met anyone in the Y. Been in the Y for a little while, but you're probably the first person that I've known that kind of led organizations on on both sides in Canada as well as in the United States. Like, how did you, I mean, how did you get like that? <laughs> well, uh, I'm delighted to be here, first of all. Thank you uh, for letting me join you. I think it's going to be uh, uh, fun to have a conversation with the two of you. I've listened to a few of the podcasts, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be uh, a good experience. <laughs> Uh, but how did it happen? Well, I've been with the YMCA for a long time, like many other people who uh, have ended up in the CEO roles. Didn't start out thinking I would do that. But uh, different opportunities presented themselves over time. And, you know, within our Y family, if you want to uh, move up, sometimes you have to move out, move sideways, go elsewhere. And uh, it's not that common that people move across the border from Canada to the U.S. or vice versa. But at a certain point in my career, I want to be uh, moving up and my boss wouldn't get out of the way. And uh, he he was a great boss, he's a fabulous guy, but he was 10 years from retirement and there, I knew he wasn't going to be moving for another opportunity. And I thought, yikes, I've been here for, in this particular why, that was my second association. I had been there at that point for about 13 years. And I was worried that by the time he left, I would be uh, kind of old news. And by that the time the board might feel that they wanted some fresh blood, fresh perspective. So I decided to take a chance and uh, go out into the big world and uh, get some other experience and take my chances when he did retire. How cool, how cool. Wow, that, I mean, you know, that ability to just pick up and move from place to place, that takes a level of, of, of fearlessness, right? And so here you are in Detroit and Detroit as a place, has gone through so many different transformations and so many different changes and the demographics are shifting. How are you, how is that stretching you? How are you leading different in Detroit as opposed to when you were in Connecticut or in Arizona or, or even in Canada? Well, it's interesting too. Crossing the border isn't that easy as well because you know there are, you know, you have to have visas and green cards and all of that. So it's not as easy as just simply moving around within the country. But what's really ironic now is uh, where I am in my office at this moment, I'm 10 minutes from Canada. So I'm the closest to Canada that I've been on my various times I've worked in places in the US. I just have to get in my car, go under the, the river little tunnel under the river and I'd be in Canada uh, across the border except now during the pandemic I cannot cross the border but uh, yeah Detroit wasn't somewhere that I knew much about uh, I didn't really anticipate that I would be coming to the Midwest and I didn't really know a lot about Detroit than what you might see in the media just as an, a person who likes to follow the news but Detroit's a pretty amazing place I've been here for a little over two years it's a fascinating community and it's interesting coming to another community at a certain point in your career because when you're young you just pick up and move and don't think too much about it but at a certain point uh, as we age and get older you get a little more settled and so it, uh, it was quite interesting to come here the people are wonderful 
Uh, that Midwestern friendliness is interesting and uh, so generous and kind and uh, people are very friendly. Uh, and this why uh, you may find interesting was the second YMCA established in the country. In 1852, the Y was established in Detroit. So we're in our 169th year of being a Y. And this association is, it follows the history, not unlike Detroit or the country, the good, the bad, and the ugly of what's gone on around us in society. And it's been more fascinating than ever through the pandemic, through all the racial strife since George Floyd was murdered. Uh, just an unbelievable place to be because Detroit City itself has suffered terribly from racial discrimination, uh, white flight. And currently, you know, in Detroit, I'm a minority, which is kind of cool, to tell you the truth, uh, because, you know, Detroit is 80% African-American. And that's a different situation for a lot of us. I mean, I grew up in a very white, rural part of Canada. Uh, you know, there was no diversity, none. Uh, and so it's very interesting. And then, of course, I've lived in Arizona, where there's a, a lot more diversity related to the Hispanic population, Connecticut, and a few places. And Calgary's more diverse, uh, where I've worked two different times for the Y, more diverse than it ever has been. It's quite diverse now. But Detroit's had a lot of challenges. And I think this last year has been really, uh, it's been a good place to be in the last year because you feel the pain and uh, the real lived experience of the people I've gotten to know, the people I work with. Because, you know, at the start of the pandemic, Detroit was hit really hard. Yeah. The health disparity and poverty issues. Yeah. Uh, we lost so many people. And I hadn't even lived here very long. And I know some people who died from COVID. But people who grew up here and their extended families here, so much loss, it's heartbreaking. And then so much focus on what got us here with all the racial discrimination issues and racial segregation since the time of slavery. So it's been uh, hard in, in just in terms of feeling that pain from people, but you really can't feel it if it's not your lived experience. But uh, here, learning about it and, and, and trying to understand as best you can when it wasn't your experience, but also being in a place that has had, like everywhere, terrible racial discrimination, but now it, it's got a an interesting vibe because Detroit has had many rebounds. It's kind of gone up and down with the car industry, and uh, it's always got a fighting spirit. And yeah. what I find really fascinating about Detroit, it, it's it's on a comeback trail quite frequently, but there's a, a great pride for people in Detroit. I find that in Michigan, too. Michiganders love Michigan. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have left, I mean, you know, and they migrate to other places, but there are a lot of people who, who are in Michigan because they love it here and they have close family connections. So it's been really quite a fascinating place to be in a leadership role and learning as you go through all of this because we're always learning. Yeah. You know, as they always say in the why, if we're not learning, we may as well leave uh, yeah. and get out because there's an opportunity to learn every day when we work at the YMCA. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? I know. Yeah. We're talking today with uh, Helene Ware, the CEO, president of Metropolitan Detroit um, on the Cosmetic Podcast. And uh, you started out on February 1, 2019. And I'm sure there was lots of excitement that was going on and you had big plans. You got United Days out the way to probably put in some long-term plans. And then just about a year into your relationship with Detroit, why comes this thing called the pandemic? Like 
Tell me about the switch from your innovative ideas coming in uh, as president and CEO, and then a year later, you, you're faced with the pandemic. Sure. Well, one of the challenges here is when I came, this is a turnaround, financial turnaround YMCA. Mm -hmm. This is a YMCA that uh, took quite a beating uh, with the recession. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people left Michigan because they lost their jobs. And this Y had acquired some significant amount of debt in the years prior to the recession. And then with the recession, uh, we lost a lot of our membership base. And we, in fact, had been in decline. And membership being the biggest revenue source uh, for the Y, we had been in decline for 12 years. So I came here knowing it was a turnaround. So that was the first thing. And that's a big challenge and, and uh, exciting to, to want to try and do what you can to try and uh, get the Y to a place of viability. But then a year later, the pandemic has arrived as well. And I don't think any of us will ever live through it like that. I certainly hope not. Uh, it, I look back on it now and some days I, it all seems a little fuzzy because I'm like, did that really happen? It's kind of as we're starting to emerge now. Mm -hmm. But we had what we call the turnaround Y. And we've got kind of a loose group of some other wives in the country that we call ourselves a little turnaround Y group. It's a little uh, support uh, networking group. And so now we kind of have that turnaround Y group now being pandemic recovery groups as well. And that's just a, uh, like I said, just an informal group of about 12, 14 associations where we just get together and chat about how it's going. So the pandemic layered on other recovery issues on top of the financial turnaround that we need to do in this way. And we're not unlike otherwise who are carrying significant debt in the country. There was a big building boom in the Y at one point in time and over the last years of investment in infrastructure and uh, acquiring debt to do so. And then sometimes the uh, forecasts and the pro formas don't quite work out and you find yourself in a difficult situation being uh, just sort of crushed by the debt. Mm -hmm. And trying to make the debt because payments is so significant, you can't put enough back into your people and into your facilities and into your programming. And that's a situation that we were in because Detroit was hit so hard because of uh, the auto industry related to the uh, recession. And that really hammered on this why. So with the pandemic, uh, of course, we were shut down. We were closed down for about six and a half months. And uh, a year ago, uh, we would have been here very few of us working, most staff furloughed, uh, wondering when we'd ever open up again and what we would do. And as we've come through this pandemic, we've lost half of our membership base. And so we've gone from, uh, you know, we're a smaller of the large Y group. We were about 32 million, now we're 15 million. And again, it's not all about the revenue, but you've got to generate some revenue to exist and to do the good work of the Y. So now we're on the comeback trail of the turnaround plus recovery uh, from the pandemic. But also, I think we know during the pandemic, we had opportunities to serve in other ways, as many other Ys like yours have done so. Uh, we all of a sudden learned how to do virtual uh, uh, service delivery, whether it was with teen programs or arts programs or health and wellness programs. Uh, so we got pretty good at that. We have a, a food program that we had been doing for about seven years, which was sadly in huge demand during the pandemic. And it would break your heart because I worked in the kitchen a few days and I realized I don't even know what hard work is because our staff who work in the kitchen preparing that food, you know, they're doing real work. But uh, 
to go out and to be part of delivering that food to people and seeing people coming to pick up food for their families, it just break your heart. And so many wives rose to that occasion across the country to, to help with just basics of food or social isolation, all of those things. But I think now is a chance for us to come out of this. I think uh, for all of us in the Y, it's a little uh, sort of a time to hit the reset button. Yeah. Um, and say, what do our Ys stand for? Why do we exist? And across the country, as you know, a number of Ys have closed branches. We closed three branches. They were three branches that had been in discussion for a number of years, but we had to make the call during COVID to, to close them, which is heartbreaking. You've, you've broken people's hearts whenever you close a Y. Right. But it forced some difficult decisions that were long overdue and that we've made. And I think there's a great chance we, like all of the wise, will come out of this uh, perhaps a little more focused mm. and a little more able to say, why do we exist in the community? What do we stand for? Um, I've always believed that gym and swim is a fabulous thing. We are more than gym and swim, but gym and swim is great. The health disparity issues and the issues that we can address with health and wellness are so critical for children and families and adults of all ages. So I think there's a real chance for us now to come out of this. But it was really hard to have to lay staff off. We eventually had to permanently lay off some staff, close those branches, and just try to hang in and wait to find out when we could reopen. So we reopened in September with limited amount of restriction. We still have some restrictions. But uh, I would say I've been amazed by our staff and volunteers. They've been so supportive. Uh, everybody putting the why you know, at the top of the list of their focus uh, to really make sure that we're doing everything we could for our participants and members and for our communities. But the other big thing that came out of this, we started just before uh, the pandemic to form our very first Diversity, Inclusion, Equity and Global Committee. So we started a staff committee February before the pandemic started. We had our first meeting because this was a why, even though we're in you know, Detroit itself, as I said, uh, primarily African-American community, but there was a lot of white flight out of Detroit in the 60s. So there are some of the areas around us aren't as diverse. Some are a little more diverse. So we said we need to get on uh, with some focus on how we show up in the community on diversity and inclusion. And uh, so we get the committee started. We have a great, exciting group, passionate group of young people, mostly young, then a few of us older people, uh, uh, on this committee. And then the pandemic shut us down. So we kind of went on hiatus for a brief while, but in the summer again, we started up. And I'm so excited now because we have got a committee that is just doing some amazing things. We just created our very first ever uh, full-time position that is going to work, diversity, uh, inclusion, equity, and global. And so one of our staff who's been with us for seven years, working uh, primarily in membership branches, Ariel, she has started. And she's the one, Rodrigo, who I will have in touch with you because I think you would be uh, a great person to compare notes with. So it's an executive director level position, but it's a start. It's a it's a big start for us, and she's amazing. She is going to lead us to great things, and we're really uh, looking forward to as we're able to get out into the community, because we've been on a lot of restrictions, and even before the pandemic, this why didn't have a high community profile. Mm. We, we weren't out telling people about all the great things we were doing. So we're raising our profile during the pandemic, and we're really excited now that we can actually go out into 
public meetings and that sort of things to get in the community and and talk about what's going on and be part of trying to address some of the challenges. We certainly don't have all the answers, but we want to be part of the conversation. So we're really excited. So that's one of the most exciting things for me that came out of the pandemic is our dig work has become very focused and sky's the limit. Uh, there's lots of uh, great things that can happen, great resources around us in the community and in the YMCA. Yeah, uh, you know I'm excited about that. I'm definitely partial to that idea. Uh, well, I, I would expect so. I would expect you would be. <laughs> Super excited. So tell me, having been able to, and, and this may seem a little weird, but I just got to know. Having been able to live in so many different cities and in two different countries, which place has the best food? Well, you know, I'd have to say I've not been uh, disappointed in any meal out in a restaurant in Detroit since mm -hmm. I got Also, I haven't been out in many restaurants for a year, so I'm a little <laughs> out of practice. That part. But I will tell you, Detroit has an amazing uh, quality restaurants. Everywhere has great restaurants, but I'm telling you, Detroit is uh, a good Midwestern influence and a lot of uh, uh, sort of other influences with the different ethnicities around the area. Yeah. You'd be hard pressed to have a bad meal in any restaurant in Detroit. What are some of your favorite foods? Well, you know, I'm sort of a quasi veggie. Uh, so um, uh, just anything that's fresh and uh, utilizing sort of the kind of things that might grow in the area, that type of thing. Uh, when I lived in Calgary, you know, that's a big beef producing place like Texas. So uh, beef is very good there. I'm not really a beef eater, but it's a big deal. It's a really good thing. Um, but, you know, everywhere you go, you can find some great food. That's never a problem, I don't think. Good, good. And and Detroit might not be like Texas. Like they fry everything down here, vegetables, beef, shoes, everything they fry. Ice cream. <laughs> yeah. We've a, a fair bit of that. But uh, no, it's great. Uh, you can uh, have a great experience anywhere. But, you know, if you want to find some chicken fried chicken here in Detroit, you could. Yeah. Uh, chicken fried steak, uh, you know. But all the places that I've lived, there's a lot of great influences. And, you know, it's a, even traveling internationally with the Y or just as a tourist, uh, you know, it really opens your eyes to the big world out there. And that's what's going to be so great coming out of a pandemic is we can have those experiences again. Yeah. Because I never really traveled in my life until I traveled for the YMCA International. Oh, wow. You know, That's pretty cool. You know, early in my career, I got to spend uh, part of a year working in Malaysia for the YMCA. And so I've had other experiences over the years. And it really helps you understand we're a worldwide movement. And uh, you can go anywhere in the world and where that little triangle, that little symbol is on the uh, building uh, and have some great friends and right. some common mission of what we're trying to achieve in the world. Yeah. So I think that's one of the biggest things about the why is that you've got why friends wherever you go. And there's a sense of a common purpose yep. and to do good for your community, regardless of where in the world you may be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, during this pandemic, uh, we, we experienced a whole lot, right? But one of the things I did, I picked up some skill sets, right? So oh. Oh. 
I'm not, not very good at these skill sets. Let me go ahead and just let you know right now, Helene. Mm. I built me a table for my office. I uh, I took up cycling. <laughs> I uh, went out and brought me a couple of fishing rods. And, went, and so because I had to fill this time, right? So I figured that if I got a little bit of time, I might as well do something with it. How many fish did you catch, Keith? Hey, hey, the- hey, 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 look. I said I got some fishing rods. Ain't nobody oh, saying nothing about it. So what was those fun things that filled your that you had to fill that space, you know, during during the time that we, you know, were kind of kind of shut down and couldn't be as mobile? Well, I would say working out. Um, I came into our Y, even though the Y was shut down. I lived quite close to our uh, downtown branch where my office is, my little cube here. And uh, it was really important for me to keep working out because that sort of was my coping strategy for the craziness we were living through. And so working out, my working out was really good. Uh, Got lots of workouts in. I didn't do anything quite so creative as you, Keith. I mean, worked on, tried to work on a little Duolingo Spanish a little bit. But I I would have to confess perhaps a little too much streaming streaming TV maybe, uh, perhaps a little too much and way too much Zooming. More Zooming than I'll ever uh, be able to keep up with my life. So zoomed out. Like Zoom is almost an offensive word these days. <laughs> I have to say the Z word. Don't, don't say I think we'll we will all have to kind of deprogram a little bit and then use it as a helpful tool for various things. But I'll be happy not to be zooming all day and to see some real humans that I could actually hug. That'll be good. Yes, that part. So when you're working out, do you listen to music? Um, news and music. And sometimes uh-huh. Spanish, and sometimes Spanish. Uh, it's on your playlist. Well, I'm kind of fond of the weekend. Uh, Ooh, are you kidding me right now? No, that is so excellent, Helene. I was not waiting. I, I didn't. I, yeah, I didn't think you were gonna say the weekend. <laughs> Great choice. Great choice. You know he's Canadian. I mean, come on. I know. So, so Drake is on your playlist too. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not as fun as Drake. He's good, but I'm kind of more of the weekend kind of person. Okay. You know, going. But, you know, some of that, but uh, probably a little too much news during the pandemic and mm-hmm. all that was going on around us. So probably uh, I do like uh, a little bit of a newsaholic, so a little bit too much news, trying to get away from some of that, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd like to ask you two a question. Yes. Show up. So you're younger than me, your Y careers, uh, you've got a bit more time left. So I want to know, where do you see the Y going? Because we've talked so much in the past year about the Y reinventing itself or partnering and doing all of these things that we know from a business sense, we have to exist. No one's going to bail us out, really. Although, you know, it's been very helpful to have a little federal support with some of the programs recently. But where do you see the Y going? When I'm retired and I'm working on my golf game, you know, what, what are you going to be telling me that the Y stands for and that it's important that we do in our communities? So, Rodrigo, I'm picking you first. All right. Uh, yikes, I thought you were going to keep. Okay, so here's the caveat. I think that the Y can go wherever it wants to if it gets out of its own way. Um, as a movement, I sometimes I think out of fear, um, out of this need to, or this interpretation of for all, right? That may not necessarily be as accurate as it could be, that we create these worst case scenarios and these detrimental outcomes and probably aren't 
real. Like that's probably not going to happen. And that gets in the way of us being the greatest iteration of ourselves. But I, I do think that if we get out of our way, we can be, you know, when you're building a house and they put the rebar in the concrete in the foundation, the thing that holds it together, you don't see it. It doesn't have to be all fancy. But that house does not stand for a long time without it. We can be that in the fabric of this country mm. if we get out of our own way. We can be the rebar. We can be the thing that fortifies our communities individually and collectively, paying attention to those micro needs and using the talent and the skill that we have on macro levels. We can be whatever we want to be. But the first thing we have to do is stop being scared. Yeah. And, and get out of our own way and make a decision, right? Like we got our hands in too many pots. Like make a decision, and then attach ourselves to a cause. And uh, so we do a whole lot of things, but what's going on right now? We're trying to. Everybody's trying to build back up the membership. And yes, we, you know, that's a core part of what we do. But there's another side in terms, especially from a revenue standpoint, it is people are still giving. Giving is not has not gone down. Giving is still, people are still giving. And so it is how we're attaching ourselves to the right cause for people to continue to support and not look at it as, well, outreach never works. Um, and, you know, it doesn't bring in any money. But it's a different way we have to look at our bringing in our, re our revenue. And so it is how do we attach different funders? A lot of folks uh, like Detroit and the Dallas Why I got money from Mackenzie Scott. We got we got that money because of the work that we do. And so, like, one of the things I shared with our, our team was that what if this is just a test? What if that $10 million is just a test to see how well you're going to invest that and even grow that? Because I've seen a lot of people like, you know, let's put it in endowment and, you know, we'll get a, you know, get some more money off of that or do this. But like, what if it's a test to really just do impactful work? And then what if we had a hundred million dollars coming back behind that? Like just what if and that, but I think that we have to look at our revenue streams a little bit different. Yes. Fundamentally membership is a core piece of that, but I think we got to attach ourselves to a greater cause. And that looks like something different than probably what most wise are doing right now to be able to do that. And if I can jump into the weeds just a little bit, one of the things that we've just started is, uh, is eSports. When we look at sports and what the why is all about, and we look at, you know, healthy mind, spirit and body, and, and we look at activity, we look at it as people being outside. But this generation is, that's here right now, eSports is going to be their pastime like baseball was to a previous generation. And if we 40 plus years old, if we do not understand that and, and get out of our own way to think that there's only one way to activity, which is through youth sports and and, you know, going on up, I'm telling you, you look at the numbers, people are participating in that. And that is it's becoming more diverse with uh, people of color being in there, as well as females being in, the, in that space right there. Right now, 30 percent of esports is dominated by by females. And so but 
it's more populated because you see the male face in front. So we got to figure out ways to get a program like that inside of the Y and Flourish. And we're doing some things at the YUSA level uh, to do it. Um, and we am a part of that team right there, but we got to get it out faster. Um, and, and like Rod said, we got to get out of our own way, trust the knowledge that we have to speed these things up or else we're going to be sitting 10 years behind a plan Atari, right? And they plan the PlayStation 45. Did you play Atari? You I'm, went in the archives for that I'm one. Just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, that's the pace that we move at as a, as an organization. That's why it's not just one place. It's just our system and our movement across the board. Yeah, yeah. How many times have you heard people say, we need to be more nimble? You know, there's some, some things I don't want to hear anymore. We've heard that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, I also think that you're right. We've been very traditional. I think we've also taken membership for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we have not reinvested in health and wellness, health disparities chronic illness we've set back and say well memberships uh, coming in great we'll build a few new branches but we ha- didn't really dive into or put resources right. into health and wellness the way you're saying Keith we should put into you know e-gaming and this sort of thing we, we just took it for granted look at aquatics we yep. invented swim lessons in Detroit by the way I don't know if you knew that first group swim lessons in the YMCA were in Detroit led by a Canadian I'm just saying um, but but all across the country, we've got these little independent swim lesson uh, companies popped up. We've got one called Gold, Goldfish here. Uh, they've spread out through the Midwest. They're very successful. So how come all of a sudden they're better than us at aquatics? Like, yeah. we let it go. Health and wellness. There's a million and one different health and wellness opportunities everywhere in all of our communities. But we started this. And then I think we took our eye off the ball and took it for granted. So you've got to invest in those things that are going to carry us from a business perspective. But health and wellness has never been more important. So how are we going to be able to keep up? Uh, all of a sudden, turning uh, a full 360 isn't going to be possible for WISE. It, yeah. gonna, we're going to have to make some decisions and dive in. And I think you're right, Rodrigo. Get out of our own way. Stick our necks out a little bit. But we're very traditional. We're very uh, reluctant to take risk for the most part, speaking generally as an organization. But it's going to be your generation of leadership that needs to push the why to do this. Yeah. Because some of us older leaders, we're going to be on the golf course and you're going to be in charge and you're looking around going, what a mess they left behind for us. <laughs> yeah. We've got so many fabulous, amazing things that go on and the work that happens in the Y every day. It's changing people's lives. It may be gradual. It may be slow. But I think we are all have also been terrible at telling people about the good work that we do. I don't want to hear, you know, in my career, I've heard we're the best kept secret far too many times. I agree. Well, why are we? Well, that's our own fault. I don't think that's anybody else's fault, but fully our own. We need to get out there and brag about what we do. We need to make sure the community knows what we do, how we do it. And I think if you're right, philanthropically, we've been given a tremendous gift from Mackenzie Scott. But there are other people of means across the country who will give to something that they think is making a difference, but not if they don't know we exist or we haven't told them we're here. And I think, again, some wise, you know how it is. It's all over the map and just under 800 uh, associations. Some are better than others at it, but we have to be good at it across 
the country, across uh, North America, across the world, because how else will people know? Because right now, I think we're going to have a big challenge coming out of uh, COVID because we've got the financial implications of COVID. We're going to lose more wise in terms of losing branches. We'll probably have a few more bankruptcies, but we have to believe that the work we do is so important that we get out and tell people and they will support us, but not if they don't know about it. And health and wellness isn't going to just keep on driving the bus like it has for the last 25 years without us saying, how come we don't have the experts? How come we don't have the best creative people working for our wise you know uh i came up through a health and fitness background i was working on the floor in a gym on my first jobs um you know we we lost so many years where we just didn't put enough back in i don't think and i think keith you mentioned you know about community outreach community outreach is some of the most amazing work that we do but you can blend that into what we do in membership branches or camping but philanthropically there are people who will support that work that yes. work changes people's lives yep so it has to be part of the package and maybe we don't do everything under the sun but pick a few key things and say what are the key impact areas that we can really make a difference on and that the community needs because there's no point if there's not a need in the community and we can't do it all we can't. And, and, you know, our, we, we keep it as our superpower, our secret superpower is this ability to transform stuff with, you know, if, if the why is working in its sweet spot, it is not transactional, it is transformational, but then we don't tell anybody about our, we keep it secret, right? Like we don't, we can talk about what we do where people are making these surface level comparisons to other health clubs or other swimming, but they, they don't, that's because they don't understand the transformational impact. And that's that rebar in there that they don't get to see, but it's holding it all together. And you're right. We just really, can we toot our own horns just a little bit? A lot, a lot, because (laughs) those relationships that are built at the Y throughout whatever program or activity or or whatever people are doing here, you can't do that in very many places. Right. You know, we're talking a lot about safe spaces in the Y these days. There aren't that many places in the community where people of varying backgrounds and interests and orientations can come together. But the Y is still that one place. Where else are you going to go and have that experience? Mm -hmm. You're really are very limited on where you can have that interaction with people who don't look like you and act like you and talk like you and have your life experience. So I think we've got some magic, you know, or we wouldn't have existed since 1844 if there wasn't something special. And that's the one thing about the why that I think is fascinating. If you enjoy history, we have morphed and changed, but I don't think there's as much, you you can't take as long a time to change now. Got to change a little faster. (laughs) We got to kind of pick up the pace here or we're going to get left in the dust but we can do that because it's special you know i was at a a y achievers event last night talking to the principal of the school who was telling me about you know the y achievers program she was like the walking advertisement i'm like i'm going to bottle her up and get her out into the community (laughs) she's telling me how amazing it is and how she's convinced it saved one kid's life in her school um, and that all the kids in the program love the program is fabulous. And 
I'm like, how come more people don't know we're doing YMC Achievers? Yeah. Uh, we've been doing it here for 40 years, but we're just now starting to push out this whole profile raising. So we're so excited to come out of COVID because we are going to turn up at every community event we can ever find and talk about what we do. And it's with the fundraising, Keith, you know, if you don't get out and talk to those people, whether it's the foundations or individuals with capacity, they're not going to, well, once in a while, like Mackenzie Scott, maybe once in your lifetime, right. you might get that call. But for those of us who are so fortunate to receive that, it's a recognition of the need in those communities and of the good work of those wives. Yeah. We didn't apply. Um, we're, it's life-changing for us to receive that. But it is saying you're doing good work. Keep up the good work. Yeah. You have a lot of need in your community. But it doesn't happen. That's not normal. That's not the normal philanthropic process. You know, you have to get out and work it and you've got to be present and you've got to show up in your community and listen. Yes. And let people tell us what they need. We, we don't have all the answers. You know, the worst thing about the why is I, when you get to be a CEO and all of a sudden you talk to each other and everybody thinks they know everything. Like we have all the best answers. We don't. We need to listen to our communities, I think. Yeah. Well, thank you. Helene Weir, President and CEO of the YMCA Metropolitan Detroit for listening and for doing the work and for getting out there and being excited for Detroit and, and taking a chance on Detroit and bringing all of your amazing skills and viewpoints and work. it's a small world. You brought the whole world and the world's wealth of skill sets right there to Detroit and we are in there with you. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you for listening to Cosmetics. We are tackling topics and telling the truth. Subscribe and listen to us weekly. And don't be shy, give us a review. And as always, be dynamic, be phenomenal, be cosmetics.